Welcome back to the Upper Tier Podcast, the football podcast we bring you each and every week on the Upper Tier channel on YouTube. Audio versions show are available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you pick up audio versions show. This is the return of the transfer show, the show we bring you through every transfer uh, period. Um, and this is our first one back Last time we spoke about this was end of August. We did a live deadline day and all. It was fantastic. We had great fun in it and stuff like that. But um, this is our first one back, so sure to be a belter because we've got plenty to catch up on because certainly business in this transfer window has shot out of the blocks um, very, very quick. Darren, where do we start? Ferran Torres off to Barcelona, 55 million. Unbelievable, man, wasn't it? Mm. Um, huge, huge profit. On a, on a good player, in fairness. You know, he was a very good player at City. Probably didn't get the amount of game time he was looking for. Um, and then, you know, being Spanish, you get an opportunity to go to Real or Barca. It's kind of the pinnacle for you, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, I don't think he could turn it down, and I don't think City could turn down the money. And I think it helped them balance the books massively for a guy that wasn't getting a whole lot of game time. Do you know what I mean? 55 million is just it's cricket figures in today's market and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, it's definitely an no-brainer for Man City anyway, that's for sure. Absolutely. And for, and for the player, because he hasn't been getting playing time. And no. he is a fantastic player. Great footballer. He's going to go in there and he's going to start playing games at Barcelona and be a focal point for them, probably up front. Maybe flanked by Memphis on one side and, you know, Pedri or something like that or, or Gavi on the other side. And, you know, that's that brings a bit of quality to them again, doesn't it? Yeah, certainly. I think, it's, I think this is a good move and a good signing for all parties involved, to be honest. Absolutely. Um, let's move on. Newcastle, uh, one that we've had many a debate about, about whether they were going to back up the 40 foot of money and absolutely blow it in January to try and bring in some players, either on uh, moves or on loans, but certainly to try and avoid relegation, which they can't be thinking about after this takeover. Um, they've been linked with Usman Dembele, uh, Kieran Trippier. They've made inquiries about Aubameyang. Um, what are you thinking at the moment, Newcastle? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see over the course of the window. You know, I suppose with the kind of financial clout that they have now, they're going to be linked with a massive amount of players, you know. Um, I don't necessarily think everybody linked to it is going to be, you know, it's going to be legitimate, but I think paper doesn't refuse ink, as we know. So you're going to get an awful lot of that. Um, I suppose that the ones we've got off the bat, like Kieran Trippier, that's it's a good option. You know, they could they could absolutely do it a right back. Um, I think the boy man Mikeo's playing there a little bit at the minute. He's 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 fine, he's standard, but he's not what you'd want, you know. Um, I think if you're looking at Trippier, he's he's a guy that Eddie Howe signed for Burnley. And uh, he's an ex-man city player, and obviously he was he was uh with Spurs as well, and he's gone to Atletico, won a La Liga title there last year and was also in their team of the season over there in Spain. So like this be a great signing for Newcastle, it really, really would both offensively and defensively. You know, he's a better he's better defender than Mankia from my money. And offensively, we know he takes free kicks, corners, you know, dead balls, everything. He's 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 a very good player here in Trippier. One I like, I have to say. Big great piece of business for Newcastle. Yeah. What do you think of the inquiry they've made on Aubameyang? Um I've got to say, I think anyone that's looking at Aubameyang is off their rocker. I just think, you know, he's He's dirty this babe so much with Arsenal. Um, he's extremely unprofessional. Is that somebody Eddie Hale wants to bring into a football club that are fighting for their life in the Premier League? And another kind of guy 
that's going to be judged as a mercenary, basically, because this will be a completely money-motivated move. You know, um, he's going to go into Newcastle probably on big money. Um, I, I personally don't see this happening. I'd be, I'd be absolutely shocked if he's the kind of guy that Eddie Hale wants to bring at Newcastle. I have to say, I'd be, you, you know, I'd be flabbergasted, I have to say. They've also been linked with Dembele as well, but he'd be huge money as well, wouldn't he? Well, his deal is starting to get pretty close, isn't it? So I yeah. think from I think from uh, from January to let's talk to interested parties. I'm thinking in terms of wages. Oh, wait, listen, wages are going to be wages at this stage. What's he on a bar? So probably 150, 200k. Like, that's mm. going to be chicken feed to, to Newcastle, knowing what they have in the, behind them now. You know, yeah. And I think if you're going into this kind of market, you've got to be able to say, listen, we're going to have to put markers down and we're going to have to go, mm. boom. You know, I think Dembele was a, would be a much better sign than uh, Aubameyang, I have to say. You know, if you're going with a front three and you've got um, Sam Maxima on one side and Dembele on the other, and then you're you're maybe playing Callum Wilson until you get maybe a bigger a bigger headline act in there up front. Like there's a bit of quality in that, I have to say. And good delivery gets a goal and stuff like that as well. And I think that's a decent one for Newcastle if they can do it. And again, if it's something that's that they are trying to do, you know. Mm. It would certainly give an indication to other players that there is a plan there, and they are bringing in certain names into certain positions, and they are very serious about their football so I would lay down a marker for a number of people if they make more inquiries to say well look we brought in Trippier we brought in this guy we brought in you know what I mean rather than saying okay we got three loan moves out of the championship or something like that you know uh, a bit absolutely. more convincing yeah um, what did you make of your own club I mean there's been talk this week um, a little bit of leaking from um, the agent representing Julian Alvarez that uh, United have made a call about the player Um I know United have learned from their mistakes in the past about keeping their transfer business now quite quiet. Um, well, what what you thinking on this one? Heck of a player. Yeah, he looks a good he looks a good sort of kid. You know, his his goal return is pretty good there at River Plate. Um, he's only young. You bring kind of a, a busyness and an energy to that front line and stuff like that. Mm. Um, you know, here's the first question: Does he get a work permit? I'm not so sure. Um, you know, at the minute, based on criteria, I don't think he will. Um, and that's why we tend to see a lot of the South American guys come in through alternative routes through Europe rather than, you know, it might be a thing where you have to sign him and loan him out for six months, maybe a year, let him build up a body of work and and stuff like that at another club. And there's no doubt in the boy's ability and talent and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if you've seen any of the clips of him, he's he looks like a real footballer now. I have to say. 20, 24 goals and 15 assists in 46 games. It's yeah. nearly good for a goal contribution a game nearly. Yeah, which is like, and, and at his age, because, you know, that's phenomenal. Really, really is. To be so mature at such a young age is, is massive. And I can see why clubs are looking around. And I believe the buyout clause is the real, you know, cherry on top. Because the buyout clause is apparently only 17 million. Yeah, 20 million euro. Yeah. yeah, so that's so that's um, that's something that you know the likes of United, I think Barcelona, Bayern Munich, clubs like that are, are kind of they're looking at him and saying, you know, what kind of what can we do to get him here? You know, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk for a minute about um, Tottenham. Conte starting to make moves or waves in the market. Uh, he's made an inquiry about Sam Johnson off West Brom. 
Um, so looking to create a bit of competition there for Hugo Lloris. But he's also um, been heavily linked with Frank Kessie from AC Milan, who has been offered a deal with AC Milan in the region of about €6 million, Euro, I think, in wages. And he's yeah. looking for more around the 8 or €9 million. Euro. Um, well, what you thinking about these players? It'd be two good signings for Spurs, wouldn't it? Yeah, like I think I think the Sam Johnson thing is going to come come up because obviously there's a serious interest from Spurs in um, Dean Henderson, but at the minute um, United are aren't playing ball with that one. You know they're saying, listen, he's, he's not for sale and stuff like that. So they've kind of gone to another young English goalkeeper and stuff like that, and they're on to Sam Johnson. Johnson done very very well at West Brom. Really has ordered and getting sent off today, um, yeah. but has you know has played very very well. And he's, you know, he's got involved in that England squad and stuff like that. Got a cap under his belt, which is phenomenal. Um, and then the Kessie, I mean, Kessie's an O'Brien for me, I have to say. Mm. Like, if you're a Premier League club and you're not looking at Frank Kessie, there's something wrong with you. Because I don't think there's a club, I don't think there's a team in that league that couldn't do with a Frank Kessie, you know. Um, do you reckon Spurs think of bringing in Sam Johnson do you think that they're looking at what Arsenal did with Ramsdale and they might get a similar type bump kind of thing quite possibly quite possibly yeah um, I don't know if he comes straight in I mean Hugo Lloris is captain there at Spurs isn't he yeah so like that's a massive massive move um, to, to take your captain out and stuff I saw him yesterday and he made a couple of terrific saves I've got to say Um Listen, I don't know. I, I at the minute I would say it's back up with a view to long term something happening, rather than him coming in to take a position straight away. But yeah. saying that, we did think the same at Ramsdale, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about Liverpool for a minute. Um, obviously we know they're going to be very light on the ground after today. Boys heading off to the Afcon, lots of fixtures, piling mm-hmm. up congestion, all that kind of stuff. Um, they've made an inquiry about Matthias Ginter. From Munchen Gladbach, um, defender. Um, yeah, it was a it's a strange one for me. I have to say, um, you know, he's a good footballer. Absolutely, he tends to play on that right hand side, doesn't he? You know, maybe they're looking for cover for Trent, or maybe they're looking for, you know, maybe they're looking to try and push Trent higher up the pitch and and shore up that shore up that defensive line. Mm. Um, if you had Jinter playing right back and then Trent maybe a little further forward maybe even the right of the midfield because we know how good he is at creating uh, the ball for Salah's goal today was was serious but then again you know 20 minutes later he's getting caught out of position with the header and the ball goes back over his head and and uh, Christian Pulisic is in there to score the goal you know um, I don't know about this one this is a this is a strange one for me um, I think it's an easy link as well because I think he's German so they go, you know. Yeah, I think I think your idea there of Trent moving maybe into midfield because I looked, at, especially looking at the game today, and not to get derailed from the transfer show, but you know, Milner looked a bit slack today. Henderson looked a bit slack today. You know, the midfield looked a bit kind of out of place. A lot of misplaced passes. You know, Kovacic and Kante kind of railroaded them a little bit today. And I'm wondering, is he looking at putting Trent into midfield and putting a right back in there? Maybe, maybe the plan that we've spoke about before, that like, if this guy, if this is his quality, is his attacking, if this is the part of his game, then you got to put him in the position where you should put him, and don't be expecting him to do that defensive work if that's not his ilk. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I mean, like, 
So then, we, then, then the move would make sense, then, wouldn't it? it would make it would certainly make more sense. All right, yeah. Um, again, I think with him being German, it's a really easy kind of a push from, yeah. you know, from journalists and stuff like that. Going, oh, Liverpool are interested in the German right back. You know, like he doesn't yeah. have that many. He doesn't have that many German defenders in his or German players in his squad. Mm. It just so happens because Klopp is German that it's an easy push. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about they've also been linked with Frank Kessie as well as you said earlier? Like I mean, most clubs would be. Um, but certainly looking at the midfield at Liverpool, when you look at Milner there, who's now getting on, you know, Henderson is you know struggling for a bit of form the last couple of months. Um, mm-hmm. You've got Naby Keita, who's kind of in and out of the side, who's flattered to deceive at times and has been injury prone. You have Thiago, who's come in and looked really good at times, but again, you can't get a sustained level of games out and tends to pick up an injury. You've got Ox, who we know can be sublime at times, but at times then just flatters to deceive. And we always know with him that there could be possibly another injury just around the corner that keeps him out for three, six, seven months, whatever it is, you know. Um, is, is Frank Kessie a player you'd, you'd, you'd think about strongly going in there and slotting in there, yeah? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like if we if we talk about the only ever present for me in the Liverpool midfield, we've got to talk about Fabinho and that kind of the job he does in that defensive role. Mm. Like if you put a Kessie ahead of him with somebody else, like that's Fabinho, Kessie plus one is, mm. and maybe it's going to be Trent, maybe it's Fabinho, Kessie and Trent. Like there's a lot of quality there. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of, you know, creativity. Defensively, it's strong. Like I like that. I have to say, really, yeah. really like that. Now, yeah, I, I think Kessie is tops. They've also I also read today as well that they're considering going back in for Mister Greased Up Guns himself, Adama Traore. Um, apparently he's available for eighteen million. Yeah. I, I read it and I and I read Liverpool and Spurs are, are both apparently, you know, big into it. But I don't know, man. Is that a guy you could see Klopp going for? I don't know, personally. He doesn't necessarily fit the kind of mould that we've seen Klopp boy. We see him boy a lot of smaller, kind of diminutive, quicker players. Do you know what I mean? Salas, Manes, uh, Minamino, Shakiris. You know, guys like that. Um, I don't know about Adama. I have to say, I think that's, mm. I think that's somebody being a little bit mischievous and just yeah. saying. You think this is more? This is more coming from the Wolves side, you reckon, than the Liverpool side? Possibly, possibly. Yeah. And again, with them, with them, you know, Jota as well. With them having brought Jota in from Wolves, people are gonna know that there's a there's a link there, and that you know the lines are probably open for negotiation and stuff, but. I'd be shocked if Liverpool went near Adama Traore, I have to say. Yeah, be interesting to see. Um, let, let's talk about Aston Villa. Um, Steven Gerrard came out the other day, he was talking about Axel Tunsabi, and he was talking about how he'd like to keep him here and extend the loan spell and whatever it is. And But um, he's not playing the guy, he's not giving the guy any game time. And he's now, we now know he's headed off and another loan deal has been constructed with a, with a view to a permanent move with uh, Napoli. But um, it, it's a weird move, isn't it, from, from Gerrard at Aston Villa? Because, I mean, he hasn't got an abundance of riches there at the back in terms of defenders. No, he really doesn't. Um, and listen, like, to be honest with you, from a United point of view, and I spoke to a couple of, couple of United fans today about it, like, the kid ticks an awful lot of boxes for us. You know, like, he's, he's accomplished on the ball. He's played it in the defensive role in midfield as well. 
physically he's he's a beast, he's a monster, he covers the ground really, really well. Like there's really the makings of a super footballer here. I have to say, like I, I think I think they're missing a little bit of a trick here, Villa. Um, you know, like I see today, obviously they they played um Ezra Consett and Courtney Hawes in, in the in the two centre back positions because Mings was out. And uh, like when it's the two boys, they looked a little bit ropey. You know, Brentford were able to trouble them and, and obviously pick them off a couple of times and pick the goals up that they needed to to get over the line. But I think this is strange for Villa, I have to say. Yeah, it's a bad result for Villa today, losing 2 1 to Brentford. Absolutely. Um, they would chalk that down. Um, let's talk about Leeds United. We've discussed them a lot on the shows, um, but they've been linked with Giovanni Simeone. Um, he's a 26-year-old striker. He's in Serie A at the moment. I think he scored, yeah, had his record there, 12 goals and 14 starts. For uh, He's on loan at Hellas Verona from Calgary. Um, yeah. But Leeds are very interested in bringing him in at the end of the season. I would have thought they'd be trying to bring him in this month. Um, because yeah, absolutely. Because now I know they I know they got a good win today, and I know the boys chipped in with the goals today, but they've really been struggling with goals. And I would have thought if Leeds are going to make any moves, because there's a lot of talk going around at the moment as well, um, and we'll be covering it tomorrow night on the mashup um, about Marcello Bielsa's position. A lot of talk about new managers being looked at already and stuff like that. Um, yeah. What do you think of this boy coming in? It's, it's, it's sooner rather than later, wouldn't it? It has to be. It absolutely has to be. Um, I know the boy Tyler Roberts got one today, didn't he? He played up front and he got one. Um, I've seen him a little bit. He's he's a championship player, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, when he's your backup to your main striker, which is Patrick Bamford, um, you're going to struggle for goals in the Premier League. He's not He's not at the races, let's say. Um, it's, yeah, he's, 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 he's average and he's not going to really help Leeds get out of what kind of trouble they're in, you know what I mean? Um, I think they need goals, absolutely. I know, you know, they've shored things up a little bit in the last few weeks and, and been able to cut out some of them, the really heavy defeats um, and, and keep things a little bit tighter. And when they keep things a bit tighter, they give themselves a chance to go and, and go and win games. You know, like today, obviously, and see Dan James getting on the score sheet for them as well today, which was which was good to see as well. Mm. Um, that's what they'll be looking for. They need goal involvement from from Rafinha, from Ings, from, you know, from as many outlets as possible if they want to stay in this league. Yeah, I think I think in Leeds' position, it can't be a case of listen, we'll try and outscore you every week because it just it falls flat on its face at times, you know. Um, Absolutely. Let's talk about a guy you've spoken about a lot before, especially in connection with Newcastle and stuff like that, down in uh, Blackburn, Ben Brayton Diaz. Um, yeah. he's been heavily uh, linked with Leeds and West Ham are very interested in him according to team talk. Um, yeah. but but Tony Mowbray's come out and says the boys going nowhere. Um. What you're thinking on it at the moment? Yeah, listen, I, I think obviously you know that's a manager kind of saying we're not selling this guy. He's our he's our prize asset. Mm. But I mean, at the minute, his deal runs out in the summer. Um, now Blackburn today with a win, they put themselves second. They drew nil all, and they should have had two absolute stonewall penalties that the ref didn't didn't give them. And they drew nil all over Huddersfield. But I mean, like they're rolling the dice on this with Diaz because. If they hang on to him until the end of the season, he walks for free, unless they get up to the Premier League. And that's a big, big if, if you're Blackburn Rovers. Otherwise, you're cashing in now. 
and and you're getting as much as you can get out of it um, to tide you over until until the summer type thing. I mean, if you're talking about the likes of West Ham, Leeds, is there is there some kind of a deal that can be put on the table where there's cash plus a loan, you know, um, a loan of another player, maybe a strike in a striking position to to help kind of carry the load that that Brayden Diaz is gonna. It's going to leave there and then obviously cash in the table as well. They're talking somewhere near eight, eight, eight million, I heard. Um, which for a guy that's scoring goals, it's not a lot of money. But when you've only six months left in your deal and you're, you know, and you're Blackburn Rovers and, and, and eight million is a lot of money for, for Blackburn Rovers, you know, this could be this could be big, big for them. And you can't guarantee him that you're going to get up in the Premier League because we know how tough the championship is, you know. So um, Absolutely not, you know. And, and at the minute, like it's looking like Bournemouth and Fulham are going to be the two automatics. That probably means Blackburn, if they can maintain a run, end up in the playoffs. Would you want to go to the playoffs, Some you know, with reason. no deal and, and saying, well, listen, if we go up, I'll sign a deal and I'll stay because there's an extra 20 grand on the table every week. Or if we don't go up, then I'm heading off to Pastures New for, you know, right. whatever, for free. You know what I mean? Free, That's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it wouldn't be great business for them, if I'm honest. Yeah, Agent Rafa at Everton as well. He's making some moves on the market. Um, he's just, yeah. uh, as far as I know, he has signed Fatali. I'm trying to pronounce this, Mikolenko from Dynamo Kiev on a four and a half year deal, a defender coming Seven, in. Seven, eight million worth of left back, yeah. Mm, that's right. Good, good He's trained news. with them as well. He's mm. trained with them as well, apparently. I heard Rafa talking about him earlier. Um, mm. There was a little dig at the end of the at the end of the interview at, uh, at Luca Dini, I think, because he said, you know, it's important to have players who want to be here and want to represent the club and stuff like that. So at that stage, he was kind of going, right, so... Um, so yeah, he's obviously in the door, and I think they're heavily linked with the boy Nathan Patterson at Rangers, um, which is a right back, and um, so it's a right and a left back trying to shore up that defence. I suppose Everton, aren't they? Um, two lads with lots of energy. The boy uh, Mikelenko is is you know he's a real box to box kind of guy as as left backs go. He's getting up and down that line, and um, and he's got a little bit of quality from the delivery as well. You know what I mean? Nice nice cultured left foot. Um, Patterson has only played six games for Rangers only started twice up there in Scotland but at the, the talks at the minute are that he'll be um, the biggest uh, transfer fee out of Rangers in, in, the, in the club's history 12 million plus fours and add-ons so about 16 million altogether uh, for a kid that's played six games it's a no-brainer for Rangers you know and I think this is the third time Everton have had a bid in the table from the first two were knocked back in the summer and uh, they've gone back in from now and they're, uh, they're trying to get their man aren't they yeah, they need they need to get players in, don't they, Everton? Because even they there, even there again today, now you could see, like I mean, they got back into the game, and at times they looked mm-hmm. like they were gonna do something, but it was a struggle for them, really. You know, um, it was tough. Yeah, I think Brighton at times just were they knew what they were doing anyway. Any any others there you want to add that I've I haven't touched on? Or ah, uh, we I suppose we got to throw our own Aaron Connolly into the mix, don't we? Mm. He's just made the move from Brighton. Um, he's gone along for the rest of the season to Middlesbrough to Chris Wyler and um, Wyler's doing a great job at Middlesbrough I have to say really really good job yeah. we know the job he did at Sheffield you know he's gone in at Middlesbrough there he's short things up a little bit at the back mm. um, and they've started to pick up a few goals and he's signed a boy Sparar I think is how you pronounce it he, he played a couple of games already and um, he's gotten a score sheet and stuff like that Conley should do well at Middlesbrough he really, really should. It's a big opportunity for him to go and play games, get you know a lot of minutes under his belt, and score some valuable goals, which could 
you know, propel them towards the uh, the playoffs and that championship. Bad, badly um, needs it, doesn't he, to rebuild his career, really, doesn't he? Because he's he's kind of like... He, he really does. Mm. He really. I think the big issue with Brighton is the lack of minutes, you know, because it seems like he plays, he's injured, he's played, he's injured. He needs a run of games. He needs to be kind of almost battle-hardened. And I think this is a great idea from Brighton. You know, let's send him to the championship. Let's send him to two games a week where he's getting whacked and he's getting, you know what I mean? So I think the kid needs a little bit of toughening up. I don't know if mentally at times I feel like he's a little bit on the weak side where it's, you know, oh, I'm kind of whacking. You know, he doesn't, I know when guys give him a whack, he doesn't look like he's interested in going back a second time. Yeah. You know, whereas really good footballers and guys who wanted a bit more, they'll go back to second, they'll go back to third, they'll go back to fourth. They'll keep getting whacked because, you know, they know it's in the best interest of their team. And, yeah. and you know. He'll also fit in well to a, a Chris Wilder situation, won't he? Because there's a kind of an honest work rate about him. Um, yeah, and Wilder likes that. His work rate can be phenomenal at times. You know, he's got a decent engine. He's light and quick. Um, I think he needs to up his goal rate, though. He really, really does. Because um, I've seen him play for Brighton, and he's getting, he's making good runs. Uh, his work rate is good. But he's falling at the last hurdle all the time, which is, you know, bagging that goal and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, he, he needs he needs this move to go well for him, I would, I would have thought. Um, who else have we got here? I suppose I did. The, the, the guy that, you know, from a United point of view that I've seen a couple of times this season, and the boy Arno Danjuma at Villarreal. We played him in the group stage of the Champions League. He's only just gone to Villarreal from Bournemouth in the summer. I think they paid about 18 million from him. He's been heavily linked with returns to the Premier League, Newcastle, Liverpool, among others. And he's a Dutch kid. He is absolutely superb. Plays on the front of the, or plays on the left of the front three, and, but lots and lots of quality. Now listen, if Villarreal have paid 18 million from last summer, what's he going to cost you to get out of there? 30 plus anyway, right? I would think so, yeah. Especially with some of the performances he put in. He absolutely tortured United uh, at Old Trafford. Um, he, we had Diogo Dallo playing right back that night and he absolutely tortured him. Now we know what happened and we got out of jail with Ronaldo and stuff like that. But that's not to say the kid hadn't got a great game and they were also missing Jared Moreno that night as well. So, you know, he was putting balls into areas and maybe the guy he was looking to get on the end of them wasn't there either. But he's a guy of huge interest, I would say, coming into January. Um, and yes, you know, Villarreal still in the competition. Would they decide to to get rid of one of their crown jewels while they're still in the Champions League? Or would they just decide, you know what, if someone puts third, if someone doubles their money and goes, listen, they're 36 million. You've had them for six months. We'll take them. Do you, mm. do you let them go? You probably do, don't you? I mean, yeah, I think if you're offered that type of money, I think a club like Villarreal can't turn that type of bread down and stuff like that. No, because that's for them. that's two to three players for Villarreal, isn't it? You know, re- reinvesting in the squad in, in different areas and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, albeit they're playing some good football under um under a good evening, good evening, good evening. Um, you know, but um, yeah, I don't know if they'd be able to turn that down. I have to be honest with you. Hmm. Um, we have to discuss Chelsea, don't we, on a number of levels. Um, Absolutely. They find themselves in a serious predicament at the moment where they lost Chalabat tonight as well to injury. He got a knock in the Liverpool game. Um, so they're, they're, they're quickly running out of bodies, aren't they? They've lost Reese James. Was that, was that after he tried to head the ball? That was that was at his kneecap. That was a no, really just, bad decision. Oh, my God. I, I, I spoke to him. We did, a, we did a match reaction to it, and I was explaining at the end that I have two defenders that play central for me as well in the team that I coach. 
And I often see both those guys trying to head that ball away from two feet in the air and stuff like that as well. And I often say to them, why are you doing that? And it must be just, it must be just maybe the angle that the ball comes in is at a higher level than when it arrives to you. And then, you know, you, you're in two minds. You don't know whether to kick it or whether to head it. And you can't make up your mind and your body just reacts by throwing you at it or something like that. It's a hard one to call because we do see it at times. I mean, the, the only thing I, we said on the match reaction was if that's John Terry or Jamie Carragher or Rio Ferdinand or Amanda Vidic, they head it away. Even at that level, they head it away. They get their head on it and take the kick to the head. I don't think I don't think any of them try to head that ball. No, I think they, that just it's a, it. it's a split second yeah. decision that he's made. Mm. And it's just got he's gone the wrong way, you know. Yeah. Now we have to say the kid's been excellent for Chelsea this season, yeah. and he settled down after the goal, after the mistake and stuff mm. like that. And, and he was a little more solid in the game and made a couple mm. of good tackles and stuff like that. Um, it was just it was a little bit of an apparition, but listen, yeah. that's mm. that's well, where we, he was. We know we know they've lost Reese James. We know Chilwell yeah. has Chilwell has gone off. The, yes. he's had his successful surgery, but he's going to be gone yeah. for. Six, eight, nine, ten months, whatever it is. So, yeah. so they, they have Alonso in there who they know, who we know through Tuchel is not really the answer. No. Um, so we know they're linked with Luca, uh, Luca um, off yeah. Everton. Um, and as you said, Rafa had hinted to like if people want to be here, kind of thing. And we also know that Calvert Luna has been linked with Arsenal, um, as well. So, but with, with Chelsea as well, then we have all that coming out, and on top of that, we have this Lukaku situation where he's basically sold the club and himself and Milan and both sets of fans down the river and has really, it's the most bewildering thing. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it in my life where a guy has moved to a club, was his boyhood club. <laughs> he comes back for the second time, nearly a hundred million. He's probably earning a truckload of cash. You bet he is. And, and this guy's not happy. He, he doesn't seem to be happy. And 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 I, I heard another report today coming out, apparently from the brother of the reporter who did the Sky Italia um, interview, turned around and said, he hates being in England now and he wants to leave as soon as possible. And apparently there's an emergency meeting. Ian was saying to me, apparently either Monday or Tuesday, Chelsea are going to meet on this topic. Um, obviously, Tuchel has to be commended for dropping him. I don't think he had much of a choice, but definitely be commended, especially for such a big game. Yeah, and I mean, with, with all the injuries he had, it would have been very, very easy, as the lads, as I, I heard the lads talking about earlier, to fudge the lines a little bit and say, oh, you know, we, we kind of need him, we'll... we'll yeah. Sweep under the carpet for now, and we'll and discipline them in a week or two. Or yeah, whatever. we drop them, drop them for the FA Cup game or the Carabao Cup I mean? game. Where Absolutely. it's kind of like, yeah. but he went out like this one of the biggest games of their season at home to Liverpool. You know, mm. um, a, a massive, massive rival. And he said, "You know what? I'm going to do it without you because I want guys who want to be here." Mm. Um, you know, I think it was it was a great decision. I have to say, it was one I I, I was really. Glad to see him make and I'm mm. glad to see that it didn't backfire on him completely either because I think when you make those brave decisions, it's important you get rewarded slightly, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, well, I think I think the fans would have accepted the decision, even if it backfired. Let's say even if Liverpool won, I think the fans would have went in more on Lukaku than they would on Tuchel and the team because they would yeah, have ended on him. You'd hope so, but you know, don't forget at Chelsea, you're only two or three defeats away from losing your job as well. So yeah. it can be that fickle, Champions League or not. 
Mm. You know, like that's we've seen it happen to Di Matteo as well. He won a Champions League and he was out the door not long after it, you know, six, eight months. Yeah. Um the Lukaku thing is absolutely bonkers, man. I've got to say. Absolutely bonkers. Um I heard obviously this interview was recorded three weeks ago. Um so it seems a really strange time for it to come out. Obviously, with him coming back from injury and stuff like that, he got a couple of goals um in the last few games, and he looked like he was maybe getting back to himself. And um, I did hear. Um, a couple of stories about him though, maybe being a little bit overzealous in the in the uh, in the food stakes again. You know that it seems like he's he's put on a little more body weight again. Whereas when he was at Inter, he was in extremely good condition, and um, it seems like he might have put a little bit of that kind of puppy fat that he likes to wear, um, back on, and and obviously he was a little bit more sluggish. And Tuchel said he wanted to see him, you know the work rate come up and stuff like that so it's it's a strange one you know it really is but for them to release it on you know a day or two before one of the biggest games of the season for Chelsea is just I, I, was, I was very interested as well as his, his comments on the system as well where he was saying yeah. that the system was different it wasn't what he thought and stuff and I was thinking they've literally tried to build a team around you <laughs> yeah well I mean like listen it's not the same system he played at, at Inter um, there are there are differences and the style is slightly different, um, but like they paid a hundred million pounds for you, like or or, or just short of a hundred mm. million, you know, like just play, like don't be cribbing and moaning, like if that's your boyhood club, which the second time he's told us it's his boyhood club, you know, I'm a Chelsea fan since I'm X Y and Z, yeah, go out and run through a brick wall for them. Like, you know, like if somebody offered you a Liverpool jersey in the morning and said, listen, we need to dig out. Like, is there anything you wouldn't do on the pitch? Yeah, he tried to he tried to give the impression as well when I was listening to him. The impression was that, like, he didn't want to leave Inter Milan. And I heard Craig Burley, of course, talking on ESPN. He was saying, well, no one frog marched him to London. But, I mean, it, it's a kind of an interesting one, isn't it? Because we know that Inter Milan were in serious financial trouble. So... They kind of couldn't resist the money and they kind of had to get him off the books. And if you look at Inter Milan's um, squad, if you like, are starting 11. Yeah. He was the guy that generated the most interest in the summer. I know other places were looking for Latoro as well. Um, yeah. But but they were never going to sell both. And obviously, obviously, he was the 100 million. So that would have made a huge difference to them. And they were able to replace him with Ed and Jekyll, which is not a million miles away. With like for like, you know, you you don't replace Martinez with Jekyll because they're two very very different players. Yeah. Now listen, I'm not saying Jekyll and Lukaku are identical, but from a structural point of view and how they're yeah. built and they're good headers of the ball, and they hold and the ball up well. And stuff in like, terms of your play, yeah. So yeah. I mean, you can still balance it out like that. Mm. You seen them get rid of um, the boy Hakimi. Obviously, went to PSG for big big books as well, mm. and they brought in um, Denzel Dumfries. So like, there was a little bit of investment. But they did absolutely need to take down the level of the, the commitments to wages and they needed to take some money in. They'd been hit massively through COVID where they were trying to balance the books and stuff like that. So Lukaku, Hakimi, and there was a third, if I remember rightly, that left. And they, they brought in three, kind of, they brought in Vidal, didn't they? And they brought in Dzeko and then some freaks. And teams have just gone like swimmingly well for them, in fairness. Like mm. Considering what they lost, you yeah. know, um, it really has... Like, if you got to balance your books, you got to balance your books. But mm. I do think there was an element where Lukaku was really throwing himself in that window as well, you know? 
Yeah, I, I, I think I think if you're not happy, you're going to kind of spin that, aren't you? And then it was interesting that the Inter Milan fan said, we wouldn't have you back type of thing and all this. Um, so in, ter- in terms of transfer, what what's, mm. what's the situation for this guy now? It doesn't look like Chelsea are going to... It's going to be very hard to resolve this, isn't it, in terms of the Chelsea hierarchy? Absolutely. Inter Milan don't want him back. Yeah, I think I think this is going to end up in some sort of love triangle. Um, somebody else has got to come into the into the fray here. Um, I'm not sure who it's going to be, but somebody's got to come into the fray. And whoever comes in is where I believe he'll go. He's dirtied his bib at Inter. You know, the fans don't necessarily want him back. Listen, if he came in and started scoring goals, would they forget about it? They're football fans. We know they probably would. Mm. Um, I do think he's dirtied his bib a lot more heavily at Chelsea, though. So I think that's a much more difficult one to turn around and yeah. get the fans and the managers and stuff on side. You know, could you see him at a PSG? Could you see him at a Juventus? I could possibly see him at a PSG or a Juventus. And um, we know that we know that you know, uh, Kylian Mbappe is getting closer to the door at PSG. They're going to have to bring somebody in. Do you flank Lukaku with Messi and Neymar? It's not a bad phone three. Let's not forget, you know. Um, and, and then you're looking at, at Juve, who are really struggling for a for a goal scorer. You know, they're, they're also saying though when you when you mentioned these clubs, they're also saying well, what I read into the interview as well was when he was at Inter Milan. And he was playing in Serie A in, in Italy. He was like a god. So there was him and Ronaldo and Slatan say. And these guys are up there on the perch, if you like. So he comes back into the UK. He's playing in the Premier League. And he's at Chelsea. And he, he's just kind of another player. Okay, he was yeah. kind of the marquee signing of the window. But it was kind yeah, but of he's, like... He's still behind Kane, Salah and Ronaldo, isn't he? And he's also gone into a star-studded Chelsea side as well. Yeah. And I was just thinking, I wonder, was he just, you know, was the bottom lip just hanging a little bit that he wasn't revered as the... And, and you know what I also think? I think there was there's definitely an element of where coming back to England, he was going to prove us all wrong mm. in, you know, in how things went at United. And, you know, you're obviously saying, listen, it's not working out. We're gonna push out, and and he goes. I'll show you. Goes yeah. to Inter, gets a little, hits a little purple patch, and things go well. And you pick up the league title, obviously under Conte and stuff. And then England comes a call, and again he goes. You know what? I'm gonna go and show those United fans what they're missing out on. And all yeah. of a sudden he's back in the Premier League, and he's going. This ain't as easy as Italy, but we call this. Mm. We call this in August when we did in our fairness, preview for for five weeks. He did really really well. He was on fire, if you remember when he came in. You know, he was yeah, but is there is there the level of intensity and the level of stamina and the level of work rate to keep that up week on week on week? Because the one thing you will know about Romelu Lukaku is he has barren spells, he has patches where he doesn't play well, he has patches where he looks like a trampoline for you know, when when he's off the boil completely. You possibly don't have as much of that downtime in Serie A because you're playing a lot of poor teams at a much slower pace. And he's such Premier a he's such, he's such a confidence player, isn't he? Absolutely. When his confidence is shot, he looks Sunday league, doesn't he? And I mean, he really does. <laughs> and now, you know, he's playing and it's a hundred mile an hour every week. Even when you go to teams like Wofford, like Brentford, like Burnley, you know, Leeds, these horrible away games you've got, you know what I mean? 
they're hassling you, they're harrying you, they're up your arse, they're kicking you. There's an awful lot going on. And uh, I think he's probably finding it a little bit difficult and, and a little more difficult than, than he thought it was going to be, you know? I loved I loved the the, the comments that came out about Latoro coming to, to Chelsea. And he said, no, 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 you stay at Inter Milan. And I go back to Inter Milan. <laughs> and I was thinking, no, 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 no. That's not going <laughs> to happen. Um, so that that's, see, that that's my problem. My problem is, with the money that's involved and the cost that's involved, it has to be a you know a city, a PSG, a Real. It has to be a big club. Most clubs can't afford this guy. You know what I mean? A hundred million. Yes, and absolutely. And absolutely. Chelsea and Chelsea are in a position now where they have to unload him. They have to get rid of him and try and recoup as much they can. But they also have to they have to figure out who are they going to bring in now because now this this hole is there again that exists. Listen, you, the Chelsea are going to do one of two things. Chelsea are going to are going to stiff it out. If they can get rid of them now, they they will. I don't think they'll shift him in January. I don't think there's enough money around in January to shift a Romelu Lukaku. I think he ends up being on the periphery for the rest of the season. Um, or they may even decide, you know what, you're a bad egg, we'll loan you. Um, and and maybe if he if things go well from elsewhere, he adds a few zeros to the price tag. Um, but I think in the summer, you'll see Chelsea go absolute balls to the wall for Erling Haaland. We know the buyout clause is around about the 75, 80 million uh, euro mark. You know they're gonna go absolutely. Is this you is know, this something that he could be wrapped up into as part of the deal? No, I don't think so. I don't think Dortmund have him, if I'm honest, um, because I think it would be too much a waste of financial money for, for Dortmund. Like, they wouldn't outlay that kind of money on a striker. They'd buy someone for 30 million maybe and, and make them a, you know, a superstar again. That's what Dortmund do. They're a, mm. they're a, a, a selling club that create players. Um, they'd probably go and pick up Rare Diaz for, you know, for free and, and sell him back to the Premier League for 40 million in 18 months' time, which seems to be yeah. what they're doing money on, a, on, on a basis. You, know? um, you, you could possibly see, and I know they've had... Um, I know they've had got a massive interest in the boy Callum Hudson Adoy. Um, Dortmund do you could see something like that happen? Listen, we'll throw Callum in and, and we'll throw 60 or 70 million in and give us Haaland. But then again, I have to agree with Haaland as well because he's going to want certain things. There's got to be assurances for me and Ariola and for the father and stuff like that. But that's where I see Chelsea going in the summer. If they don't get Haaland, they'll go after the boy Vlavic because I think that's the kind of player they want. They want somebody big, a target man that the smaller, more technical players can play off and play in and around, i.e. that kind of Firmino figure with Mane and Salah, you know, either side of it, that kind of thing. I think that's the way they'd like to play, you know? Yeah, interesting. Um, but yeah, very, um, very, uh, very interesting situation that unfolded there. But actually, off. now that I just think of something, um, could they do a, a loan swap till the end of the season with PSG for Icardi? I think they'd be open to anything at this stage because I'm. I'm could looking they to... could they say to PSG, you take him for the rest of the for the because Cardi's causing a bit of trouble over there. We'll take Cardi over here for the rest of it, the rest of the season. See how the two boys get on, and we'll talk in the summer, and we'll know better about who's going where and what's happening. Because obviously at that stage you're going to know whether Kylian Mbappe signed the contract for PSG, which at the minute looks highly unlikely as well. And maybe he goes to Real free of charge, and then maybe Real have more money to throw at Haaland and the rebuild. You know what I mean? You mm. just don't know. There's, a, there's an awful lot of vifts yeah, and ands at the minute, number, isn't there? Number of pieces in this jigsaw moving around, all right, yeah. 100%. I don't think Icardi was on that PSG when Tuchel was there, sure. He wasn't there, was he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, 
He was. There was, that, was, a that, was a, that was a loan move at that stage, though, if I'm right. Yeah, it was. And yeah, then, it they was made, then they made, then they did the move. Yeah, no, interesting. Yeah. All right, yeah. Yeah, but um, I mean, this is going to be the biggest um, thing in the window, I think, to resolve. Um, I mean, because you can't have this guy hanging around the club, can you? Like, just they, like they're going to have to try and resolve it as quick as you can. I know, obviously, Ian mentioned the, the emergency meeting that's going to happen early in the week. Mm. This needs to be resolved by next weekend. You can't have this going on through the whole window, destabilising everybody. And then also maybe jeopardising guys that you're looking to bring in. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Chelsea have a little look at Kieran Trippier. You know, knowing they need a right back because Reece James might be out for a little bit of bit of time. And then obviously someone that can play left back as well, because Trippier's played on the left side for England. And uh, maybe they'll decide. But if you're Kieran Trippier, do you look at this and go, geez, I don't know if I'm gonna go in here, it's a bit messy in there, you know what I mean? Um or or maybe it's just Luca Dania that they bring in and uh is delighted because he's gone, I'm getting away from Rafa and you know, off Mersey side and I don't need to worry about getting me me pocket picked every twenty minutes. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, interesting one. But listen, great first show to kick off the transfer window. Um, Absolutely, these are going to be coming at you weekly. Um, who's your uh, who's your who's your your dream in January for Liverpool? Give us one, just one. Now, let's be somewhat realistic about this. I, I, do you know something? I don't know. I, I haven't really looked at it because. I assume that we weren't going to do. I mean, if if I could bring in anyone, um, realistically, um, and with realistic money, probably Eve Basuma would be the one I'd like to bring in because I do think at the moment our midfield is just a little bit kind of all over the place a little bit at the moment, and I think someone like him coming in, he would be he would be one I'd be uh. I'd be very happy to bring in, but I, I'm not expecting us to do any business. Being honest, I just, I just think it's just, it, it, it's. I, I think we're waiting until the summer, and I think we'll do a bit of business in the summer. I think we've held back a little bit, and we've assessed what's happened with the virus and all that kind of thing. And I think in the summer now, decisions are going to have to be made. Obviously, uh, pending, um, what Mo Salah decides to do, obviously. Um, yeah, but he he's saying at the moment now the contract is there. It looks pretty decent, but he wants this. He wants the club to show their expression of what their plan is in order for him to yes. get him over the line. So that sounds to me like, you know, maybe one or two put up or 60, shut up. Yeah, one or two 60, 70, 80, 90 million players maybe need to come in to convince Mao that this is the place to see out his career. Yeah. Um, which is not a bad show from him considering the position he's in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, pleasure having you on for the transfer show. As always, YouTube, the upper tier, our new channel. Get over there, drop a subscribe and hit that bell notification. You'll get audio versions of the show, of course, on Spotify, Google Podcasts and Amazon Music. If you want to contact the show, we're on Gmail, the upper tier podcast. You'll get us on Twitter at the underscore upper underscore tier. You'll get us on Facebook and Instagram, the Upper Tier. Um, anywhere else we are? Oh, TikTok, the Upper Tier podcast. We're on TikTok there every single day. Lads, absolutely obliterating us with some of Darren's thoughts. But we're having a lot of fun on the way to it as well. So um, thanks for your support so far with the new channel. It's up and running now roughly just less than a week. I think it's a week tomorrow or Wednesday will be a week up and running. Um, so thanks for your support so far spread the word keep it growing it's all good at the moment and we will be back again tomorrow with the Monday mashup cheers bud thanks pal see you tomorrow